Greetings, everyone, and praise be Jesus Christ. Today's date is 7-11, and that marks a very special feast. It is the feast of St. Benedict. He is the father of Western monasticism, and if you know anything about European civilization, St. Benedict saved it back in the 500s. And his name means to speak well or to bless. In light of Pope Francis, our Holy Father, being in the hospital this morning, and the feast of Pope Benedict, who is now 94 years old, let us pray a prayer of blessing for them. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Last week, if you remember, the Gospel found Jesus not in a place of blessing, but actually quite the opposite. That Gospel was from Mark chapter 6, verse 6. And that Scripture was a very sad scene. That particular verse read as follows, Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. That's particularly sad because the they are his own people, the Nazareans, the place where Jesus spent most of his life. The people who knew him the best rejected him. In fact, they threw him out of town and even tried to kill him. This week, on the heels of that scene, we see what Jesus does. Our gospel begins this week with Mark chapter 6, verse 7, the very next verse. And that reads, Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. That line says a lot. It tells us not only what Jesus did after his rejection in Nazareth, but what he did not do. In the face of rejection, Jesus did not go in on himself and have a pity party. He went out. In the face of rejection, he didn't stay in Nazareth and wallow in the sadness. He went to where he was welcomed, where he was accepted. His friends, his twelve. He didn't go on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Or get on the phone and moan and groan. Hey, listen, look at what they just did to me. Of course, They didn't have those things. But I'm sure Nazareth had plenty of gossip. Jesus, though, got on with his mission. And here in Mark, verse 7, chapter 6, we see a new time, a new moment. When Jesus could have gone one way, he chooses this way. Summoning, empowering, sending, and continuing to advance his mission with great fidelity and love. And if there's anything clear in today's gospel, it's the fact that it's his mission. 
it's so striking that he sends these 12 out with so very little. They have simply their skin and bones, their brains and their wills. They're allowed sandals and a walking stick. And everything else will be by the word of God, by the power of God, by the life of God in them. And the gospel ends with a beautiful vision showing us the demons being driven out, the sick being cured. In other words, the word of God, the power of God, his authority works. And it works beautifully in those who receive it. For all of our sophistication in our modern world and in the church today, I find today's gospel rather refreshing. This past week, I came across an article that has served as an examination of conscience for myself. And it struck me of how much like Nazareth I can be in our own church circle, used to what we're used to, perhaps with comfortable faith. And I was alerted to how much greater faith and power and authority Jesus wants to share with me. The article wonders, and the title, do we as Catholics even want to bring people to the faith anymore? The title alone is worth thinking about. This man had spent most of his week on Facebook, and with his Catholic friends and non-Catholic friends, he just took note of what he saw on the news feed, namely that we like to mock others, and we cheer people who do. We seem more disturbed by the sins of others than by our own. And we care more about politics than apologetics, the reason for our faith. The author then shared a story about his dad. He wrote, Back in 1956, my father began his conversion to the Catholic faith, and he did so with plenty of questions. He was blessed to find a kind and patient priest who respected his dad's intelligence. But what, he wonders, if he hadn't? What if the priest he found and the parish community he found called him an idiot? or thought less of him? What if they were overly judgmental? What if the priest and the parish insisted on talking about politics instead of apologetics? What if the priest and parish never informed my dad that the Blessed Mother loved him? What if the priest never told him about the saints who bore the stigmata, which was a major turning point in my dad's conversion process. We'll never know. But this much is for sure, 
Bruce Clark came home to the Catholic Church in time for Christmas of 1956 and proceeded to get married and raise seven men in the faith. My friends, it gives us something to think about. And as we arrive at this midpoint of our calendar year, now might be a good time for us to make a good examine, perhaps do what these apostles did and embrace repentance. If it's been since Easter, since you've repented and gone to reconciliation, it's been four months. I'd encourage you to consider it. The mission of God, his word, is clear. And as men and women who bear his name, Christian, we are called to live it. And Mark 6, verse 7, tells us exactly what that means. To be summoned, empowered, and sent to live God. God be with you.